0: Hi, I am Brent Leary, and I have the pleasure of sitting here with Marcus Lemonis. We're here at the, before his keynote at ZeroCon in Austin, Texas.
1: Cold Austin, Texas. It is
0: kind of cold. Cold it's Austin. It's not usually Texas. like this, what told me. But anyway, it's a pleasure. So it's to more
1: like the North Pole than South by Southwest, <laughs> right? Well, you
0: know, I don't, at least I, I'm wearing a t shirt, so I don't feel. Anyway, but it's a pleasure to, to you. meet you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, I know there's probably a lot of people out there who already know who you are, but maybe we can get just a a high overview of your personal background.
1: Well, you know, just kind of going with that question or that comment alone, I always tell people in business that even if you think that people know who you are, it's always good to introduce yourself again Mm. because there's new players. And so if you think about yourself as a business owner, you want to always be reintroducing yourself to somebody. They may have forgotten. They may have been mad at you. So I'm Marcus Lamonas, and uh, I am a, I don't even know how I would describe (laughs) myself. I would say I'm just a normal guy like everybody else that decided that small business was the most important thing in my life. And you know, when we're all growing up, our mothers will ask us, you know, what are you going to make of yourself? What are you going to do with yourself? And I struggled for years to answer that question and as i got a little bit older and i started to understand who i was um, i realized that my purpose in life was to uh, stick up for the little guy and that was sort of me when i was younger you know Um, i uh, spend really the bulk of my time investing in small business it is my hobby it is my passion it is the thing i love to do more than anything else when, yeah. when
0: did when did you decide that you wanted to go into small business? How early was it when that happened? You know, it
1: uh, really came right outside of the 2008, 2009 market collapse. Wow. You know, it, um we were all watching the news and it was, uh, you know, Fortune 100 companies and their stock is down and the banks are closing. And I felt like that the news was very one sided uh, as it related to big business and that nobody was talking about Main Street. And nobody was talking about small-town businesses. And, and you know, over 90% of this country um, is involved in small business one way or the other. Hmm. And I didn't think anybody was talking about it. And I think it was that, um, in that moment where I said, you know, somebody's got to actually be a champion for this in a different way. The secret behind what I do today, and it's uh, something that I don't talk about a lot, is that the reason I decided to do the show Is it was one giant social experiment. Wow. It really isn't about small business. It is about people and how business can transform, good or bad, how, how they can transform people. And the social experiment, um, and I said when I got to 100 episodes, I would talk about it a little more. I'm at 70, 78. Um, the social experiment really is how do people deal with opportunity? And how do they deal with their past? And how does opportunity in their past sort of intersect? You go into businesses today and they'll all tell you, I can't get a loan and I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's a little bit of I want to call it a sob story, but I'll call it a excuse fill. Mm. Right. And I buy off on those excuses because I make them I make them the same way. And so what I wanted to do is really understand how people function and if you've ever seen the show, The Prophet, um, it really is about people more than it's about business. Yesterday we got nominated for a Critics' Choice Award, which is like a Congratulations. You know, kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And a uh, number of the critics, it's not something you apply for it. So a number of the critics are really talking about the fact that it's really, it's a show that has business as a backdrop and it's really about people. I was gonna say, it's really some of the,
0: really interesting episodes always have that the family dynamic uh so when you have business it's tough enough when you're trying to go into business yeah. stay in the business but how does the family dynamic play a role in the success and and how difficult is it to get the family dynamic back on track once it's yeah. kind of gotten off track
1: you know um i've i've long told people that the reason that small businesses are largely family businesses this is like this weird kind of combination is that when we when like you and I or anybody else starts a small business, we don't have any money, we can't hire any employees. So we're asking our mom, our dad, our aunt, our uncle, our sister, our kids. Hey, I need you to pitch in. Are you handle marketing or you handle the inventory? And by definition, it sort of becomes a family business, mm-hmm. even if it's a part time job for most of the people that work there. And I think what ends up happening is, you know, families are interesting because um, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, there is still a pecking order in a family, right? Like at least in my family, my mom's in charge. There's not there's no question about it. There's not like there's not any confusion. Not up about for debate or anything. It. But then you start getting brother in laws, sisters laws, kids, son and and you're you have your life on the line in this business and not everybody's necessarily performing. It's very difficult to tell your son, your daughter, or your wife or your husband, hey, I, I think you need to go.
0: Mm but that's the job that you kind of help them that's do. That's why I think show. people
1: call me I really I was laughing the other day I said people call me because they want me to do the dirty work it's like I really want my wife to be fired but I don't want I don't want to do it so you do it it's mm. like no I'm not doing it. <laughs> well think about
0: is it uh, the joy of having them succeed after all the things they go through uh how does that make you feel I know it got kind of to make them feel good but how yeah. does it help make you feel?
1: You know, success for me um, in my journey is really about people's personal transformation. And if they have personal transformation, the business usually will succeed. Most people, when they watch a television show about business investing, it's like, okay, how much did you invest? How much money did we make? What was the return? What are the percentages? And yeah, I mean, there's a moment where that's relevant, but the real moment is how do you take somebody who doesn't have confidence in themselves, who doesn't have a process in place, who doesn't mm-hmm. clearly see where they want to go, but they have good ideas and get them to just discover themselves. In more cases than not, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm telling them how I want them to think differently. Mm-hmm. And then what they do with that is, but, you know, are you, but it's satisfying for me.
0: Are you surprised when you, you know, they know your track record, yeah. they know you have this uh, level of success. Yeah when you suggest things and recommend things
1: and then they kind of fight you. I'm not surprised and I'll tell you why. If any of us had some guy come into their business after we've been in business for 15 years and tell us how wrong we were we're doing something <laughs> wrong, we wouldn't be that crazy about it either. Right. And so it's very easy for all of us to sit and watch people who have taken a huge risk by making themselves vulnerable, putting themselves on television, having the air of their ways or the air of their character be exposed. And that's why I'm usually a lot nicer about it, at least early on, Mm -hmm. because I think to myself, like, if that was me, I wouldn't want somebody telling me how dumb I was. And it's funny because I love to compare our show to other shows where people invest in small businesses and point out that you don't have to tell somebody how dumb they are to get the point across. You don't have to tell somebody that it's the the, the stupidest idea you've ever seen you're better off telling people. Okay. What? Why did you have this idea? And why did you think it was gonna work like man? I, I just have to tell you a track cassettes Like they're not <laughs> they're not gonna work But I understand. but tell me why you did it right. and you got to get inside their head to understand what their logic was yeah. Well, I really like music. Okay okay let's keep going yeah <laughs> and so for me i think the key is how do you get people to actually think differently mm. that's the key for me let's talk a little bit about
0: technology and businesses particularly small business we're at yeah. a, a small business technology conference yeah uh do you see small businesses leveraging technology as well as they can
1: i think that i'll include myself in this answer yeah. i think that it's Technology is an intimidating thing and I think that in order for companies to be successful in selling their technology, they have to make the user-friendliness of it and the, and the humanity of it seem real. You know, when you put a computer like, you know, we just had a brief conversation about this camera. Yeah. I'm fascinated by it. I'm intimidated by it. I think when you're talking about systems and process and technology and accounting, you have to really make it seem simpler than it is and, uh, and more importantly, more affordable. Mm-hmm. So most small businesses do not venture into technology because they think I either A, can't afford the initial investment or B, I can't afford the recurring investment. And I think as entrepreneurs, all of us included, we have to make the technology and the process of accounting and systems uh, seem um, manageable. Mm-hmm. And affordable, and I think that's why conferences like this do that. Is they're trying to communicate to people that it doesn't have to be. It isn't all Dell, right? Right. It isn't right. all Oracle, <laughs> and it isn't all Salesforce, which are which all usually equate to big capital expenditures, big monthly fees. There are systems and solutions for small businesses, and if they want to become a big business, they better they better get after it.
0: You're about to go on the edge and yeah. speak to yeah. hundreds of of uh, small business advisors, accounting yep. advisors. What what do you plan to tell these folks?
1: Well, I think the biggest um, I think the biggest advice that I would give small business advisors and accounting advisors is understand their audience mm. and get to know their clients better and understand why their clients do what they do and build a relationship with them and you know we'll talk about it during my presentation but vulnerability for me is the absolute holy grail key. To fixing people and if you're selling a product or service and you're really just selling the product or service Then I think your penetration success is going to be low mm. But if we can connect on a human level about our lives about our hardships about things that have happened my favorite us, football teams Yeah, just about anything <laughs> what you're essentially doing is you're building trust right and then once you build that trust You're saying look man. I, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but You know, you kind of don't know your numbers and there's no system in place and Mm. you have no strategy and I really, I really want you to be successful. And I'm in this weird spot because we have a relationship and I have, I have this product. So you tell me how you want this relationship to go. If you want me to just be your friend and that's it, I'm open to that. Mm. If you want me to try to help you improve your business as your friend, I'm open to that as well. And I think that 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 vulnerability and that full disclosure and that transparency would make me open up. Like if you said to me, I can help make your businesses better, I'd be like, all right, I don't I don't know. I don't know everything. I think the last piece of advice that I would give people is small business owners don't want to feel like they're dumb. And and uh, they don't want to feel um, insecure. And they don't want to feel like they've made a bunch of mistakes, and so you have to go on this journey with them, where they understand that every decision they made had a plus and a minus, minus. Mm-hmm. and we're going to celebrate the pluses, and we're going to learn from the minuses, and we're not going to point out your frailties. If you can get on the level with them, then it changes. If you go in there like you don't know what you're doing, and you don't have this right, and you don't have that right, it's like look, I. I don't need to know that I'm in trouble. I knew I was in trouble <laughs> before you came. And so that's, I think, the key. All right. And that's what, I would tell, that's what I would tell anybody.
0: So what big companies that uh, are doing things successfully in your mind uh, are companies that small businesses really look at, emulate, and, and take lessons from?
1: Rather than picking a specific business, okay. I'll pick companies that understand two fundamental things. One, the importance of customer data and how to accumulate it and how to mine it and how to use it and how to understand it to improve your ROI on marketing, to improve the, um, the retention of those customers. But before any of that happens, you have to understand your business. and So many businesses fail to put their numbers and their cash flow and their balance sheet into systems where they truly have this dashboard. Hmm. For me, financial statements are a necessary evil. You don't go to the doctor without all sorts of information. And your doctor doesn't give you a diagnosis without running a bunch of tests. And he doesn't give you a new diet or a new regiment without having all the information. And I apply that to business. You can't understand where to go in your business, who to hire, who to fire, what to do, how to change things, what to improve, how to change your prices, what products to drop, what products to launch. You don't understand any of that if you don't have the footprint of what your business is live. And so I know people hate accounting. I really do. I know they hate it, but then you shouldn't be in business.
0: Mm.
1: It really is one of those things where you just like, I don't like broccoli, but my mom used to make <laughs> me eat it.
0: It'll make you stronger. Make well, it it, it'll
1: make you smarter. Right. And, mm-hmm. and if you own your company hundred percent, you're obligated to yourself. If you have other investors, it's a mandate. Like I won't do business with people, not even as a customer. Like if I have a big retail business and there's small businesses that sell products, Mm -hmm. unless I know that they understand their business and they have the accounting systems in place. Because if I start doing business with you and I buy your product and I put it on my shelves and then all of a sudden you don't have your act together and you go out of business, like I'm in trouble. Yeah. So,
0: all right. So give me, uh, out to the future, two, three years. What are going to be the biggest challenges in that time period for small businesses to, to get over so that they are successful in the future?
1: I think one is, um, you are going to have to adopt a level of technology that keeps you up to date and competitive with the other folks. Uh, Two, you're going to have to be innovative about the products and or services. People say, well, but what if I'm a cleaning company? You have to be innovative with environmental things and the types of solutions you know. What if I'm a lawn company? You're going to have to be innovative with the type of equipment you use to not emit a bunch of fumes and to get through your job faster. I think innovation is important. But I think more than anything is small businesses have to stop feeling bad for themselves. The, my least favorite day of the year is Small Business Saturday. Really? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. No, you, you I'll tell you why. why. Yeah, because I don't need a day. I always felt like I always felt like a special needs child on that day. It's like, <laughs> hey, um, we know the other three hundred and sixty four days a year. Things aren't good for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw you a bone. And on this one day, we're going to put up like good TV commercials and posters and we're going to tell everybody to shop at your store. I can't help you the rest of the time. (laughs) Um, And so I don't want to be told that I'm small, shop small, shop this small guy. It's like, I would rather say to people, you may not have the same size retail store or the same bank account, but you have this and they have this going for you. You sell a product or service to a individual. You have a relationship with that individual. You have to deliver them something that they cannot get somewhere else and give them a reason to come back. Mm. And in certain moments, you may have to give them a reason to pay two pennies more. Not 20 pennies more. And the reason I make that point is, is that being a small business owner doesn't give you the liberty to just be like, well, I'm small. I can't buy it for the same. That's why I have to charge you this. You still have to be competitive. You still have to offer the great same, same great service. You still have to do all those things. And so I just, I don't want small business owners to feel like they have these crutches to lean on. Wow. Get out, every big business that you know of, started as what? Small. Right. Yeah. By the way, when did small become a bad word? <laughs> like I, I think, I don't think there's anything bad about it. I think we need to celebrate it more.
0: And on that note, I know you get ready to board. Yeah. Lord. Thanks so much Thank for your you. time.